Keeping Up with Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure, is sponsored by SJL General Contractors. SJL General Contractors is licensed in both Alabama and Tennessee. This family-owned business provides mass grading, storm drainage, sewer and concrete improvement, asphalt paving, erosion control, demolition, and heavy hauling. If you're in need of any of these services, you can contact them at 931 933-4660. That is 931-433-4660. If you'd like to be employed by this family-owned company, three W's and a dot, sjnl.com, www.sjnl.com. Put yourself in this place. You're driving a vehicle. It's dark. You're on a four-lane road. You're in the country. You're between Huntsville and between Gurley. And all of a sudden, you look out your driver's side window, and there's a vehicle beside you, a small four-wheel drive pseudo-Jeep thing, uh, an Isuzu Amigo. has got a black canvas top. The dome light inside of the little Jeep thing is on, and there's a, a stocky, muscular dude. He's got brown hair that is feathered back. He's got a full auburn beard. The sleeves are cut out of his black T-shirt, and he's pointing at you, and he's yelling, pull over, pull over. That's the scene. That That's that's what you've encountered out of the driver's side window. Now, I wasn't that driver. I, I I was the other driver. Yeah, back in the days when I had hair and I had this little Isuzu Amigo, a little white Jeep-looking thing with a black canvas top, four-wheel drive, pretty good size wheel. You know, you're, you're sort of a redneck thing uh, that's trendy. Well, I had come over Cedar Gap right there at the, where Ryland Pike intersected with Highway 72, and I'd pulled up behind this little Swartz Industry sweeper truck, a little, little truck with a little rotating broom and maybe a vacuum on the bottom, and I noticed a weird blinking light underneath the thing, and I'd gotten a little closer to see what was happening, and, and I realized the, the truck was on fire. He'd caught a piece of uh, paper or maybe a bag or something and had not swept it completely up into the vacuum, and so it was hanging on the the brush of this truck and apparently had gotten warm enough because of uh, moving parts or just for whatever reason it was on fire and so i pull up beside this young man and i'm trying to to get him to pull over so we can rescue him uh, from the fire this is a young african-american male he's driving on this for all practical purposes a country road because it wasn't really developed out there then and you got angry white dude beside you in a pseudo Jeep pointing at you and yelling, pull over, pull over. Yeah, dude with a full beard, a black T-shirt, the sleeves are cut out, and he's screaming at you. And you're a young black man. And so how do you respond to that? You punch it. And so he accelerates his little truck. And once you put oxygen to a fire, there's no limit to how big or how hot the fire can get. So he's speeding up, and now his truck is burning better because he's giving it more fuel. I pull up beside him again and I'm pointing and gesturing and yelling at him to pull over. And now he's terrified. I don't see it from his perspective. I see it from my perspective. His truck's on fire. He looks at me and thinks this guy's crazy and he's trying to hurt me. So now he's trying to outrun me. So I get up in front of him and put my flashers on and start pumping the brakes to slow him down. 
And I finally get my hand out the window and I'm gesturing over the top of the, the truck to, to pull over, pull over, pull over. And I pull into that little church right there at the bottom of Cedar Gap. And he pulls over and he's looking out the window and you can see that he's terrified. And I said, hey, man, your truck's on fire. And he left it. He opened the door, bailed out, truck still moving across the parking lot. He takes two big strides and jumps not into my arms, but wraps his legs around my waist, his arms around my neck, and screams, you saved my life, you saved my life. I shake him off, run his truck down, put it in park, and now we sit here to, to watch it and see if it's going to burn to the ground. At some point, he doesn't have a fire extinguisher. I don't have a fire extinguisher. I run across the highway to what used to be Campbell's Grocery Store and come back with a, with a fire extinguisher, and, and we put the truck out. Yeah, I wasn't trying to murder him. I wasn't trying to kidnap him. I wasn't road raging against him. I was trying to save his life. But from his perspective, I was attacking him. From his perspective, I was making evil gestures at him. From his perspective, I was dangerous. And when he understood what I was trying to do for him, not only did he stop running from me, he abandoned his truck and he ran to me and literally jumped into my arms. Now, this this kid might have weighed 110 pounds. It was probably six foot two. So it looked like I'd been attacked by a large granddaddy spider. And he's screaming, you saved my life. You saved my life. Well, I'm not sure that I saved his life as much as I saved his vehicle. But my attempt to rescue him, my attempt to save him, initially was misinterpreted. And it looked like that by my body posture and my gesturing and I was yelling at him from his perspective, it looked like I had intended ill for him. It looked like that I had intended to harm him, it looked like for some reason in his mind, he thought I was angry. And it, it really is all about perspective. If you understood what I could see from where I'm at, I'm seeing a truck on fire. But but I understand what you see. You see the angry little white dude in his little white Jeep, and he's pointing his hands at you and screaming and yelling, and it looks confrontational. I remember when Lonnie Beth went off to play volleyball and I told her, I said, you know, at this point in time, you may be the only Division One athlete to come out of Madison County High School, but you won't be the only Division One athlete on that volleyball court. There'll be everybody on your team's a Division One athlete, and everybody you play against will be a Division One athlete. So you get down there to the college, and you serve a ball, and the ball hits the net. One of the coaches that's watching that game will clap and cheer when you serve a volleyball into the net. One of those coaches will lose his mind and scream at you if you serve a volleyball into a net. Which coach is your friend? She said, now say that again. So we went through this scenario again. And, and what you obviously understand is that if I'm playing volleyball and I serve a, a ball into the net, the only coach that will clap and cheer for that maneuver is the coach who's coaching for the other team. And, and the guy who yells and screams at me, is my coach. 
I'm not talking about abuse and I'm not talking about manipulation and I'm not talking about emotional damage, but sometimes the people who care about you the most yell at you the loudest. And please take that metaphorically. It's not permission to treat people harshly. It's not permission to treat people rudely. It's not permission to treat people in a condescending manner. But the people who look into our lives and they see things that we can't see or they know things that we don't know and and sometimes we don't even know the things that we don't know. But if I could see what you could see, see a young man driving a truck and looking out his driver's side window just sees the angry little white dude in a redneck vehicle screaming and yelling at him. But if he could see underneath his truck and see the fire and see that as he tries to avoid or evade me, the faster he drives in trying to get away from the guy yelling at him, the larger the flames get. And if we could ever just pause, now again, please, I'm not talking about being involved with people who are manipulative and controlling and are perfectionistic and are rigid and inflexible. I'm talking about people who really have pulled up beside us and seen the vehicles on fire and we don't know the vehicles on fire. That coach who can see something in your technique that causes the ball to go into the net and you don't understand what you're doing wrong. But if we could see the things that they see, you know something I don't know, and you can see something I can't see. Once I understand what it is that you know, and once I understand what it is that you see that I don't know and I don't see, it quits feeling like a confrontation. It quit feeling it quits feeling like danger. It quits looking like an attack. And then not only do I abandon the vehicle I'm in, not only do I run from the fire, but I run toward the person who's doing the yelling, and I embrace them, and I thank them. Because you see, what looked like an intent to harm what looked like an angry person making angry gestures was really an attempt to rescue me from a fire that I didn't even know I was in danger of burning up in. Rescuing people from a fire that they don't know about or they don't even believe in sometimes puts us in awkward positions. It sometimes makes us look like the angry person making angry gestures. It makes us look like the angry person who's judging someone else. But I'm not yelling at you because I'm angry. And I'm not yelling at you because I think you're stupid. And I'm not yelling at you because I think you're dumb. I'm not yelling at you because I think you're on purpose driving a burning truck. I'm actually pulling up beside you and yelling and pointing and demanding and commanding because I care about you.
and, and I care about you enough to chase you. And I care about you enough to pull up beside you. And, and I care enough to point and sometimes to yell and to get in front of you and try to lead you to a place where I can get you away from the fire. And, and I'm yelling and I'm pointing and I'm gesturing. And it's not because I hate you and it's not because I disapprove of you and it's not even because I necessarily disagree with you. It's I know the thing that you're doing is causing you to be in danger of a fire. And I just don't want you to burn. I don't want you to burn for a little bit. And I especially don't want anybody that I love. I don't want anybody that I care about to burn forever. Keeping Up With Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure is sponsored by us. What? We sponsor ourselves? Is that even legal? Check us out on Amazon. You can have access to the titles of Pedagogue, the youth ministry book by Lonnie Jones, Cognitive Spiritual Development, a Christ-centered approach to spiritual self-esteem, Grappling with Life, Controlling Your Inside Space, a small essay using the principles of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu to talk about psychological and emotional self-defense. If I Were a Mouse, a children's book written and illustrated by Lonnie Jones. And then The Selfish Reel, a very short story about a decision. Also, you can check out our YouTube channel to see archived lessons and presentations from across the country, some videos with uh, rope tricks and knots, don't forget to visit the uh, Facebook page 550 Guys to learn about the little rope men that we make and in, that we invented and that we make. And then be sure to click like, subscribe, and share. This is Keeping Up with Jones, the Lonnie Jones podcast adventure. Mm -hmm.